0: What the time is now? I'm about to take you on a journey. I introduce the one, the only! I got a special treat for you. The go! Congrats. Hello, and welcome to Faith Center Flashbacks. This is your host, Jason Northland. Here we will bring you the preached word from members, guests, and friends of the ministry from years past. Today's message is from Elder Valerie Brown. This message was recorded on March 2nd, 2011, entitled It's in the pull, the push, and the press. Let's listen in. This word I'm going to bring to you tonight, my title is, It's in the push, the pull, and the press. I will repeat that. It's in the push, the pull, and the press. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I must say that this this message was birthed was given to me, birth out of going through. Now, for you, you may be pushing for something different. But most of us, no matter who you are, if you're saved and God has you going through something and you got to push your way through, there is an outcome. It's it's, it's not just for void. You're not going through it just to be going through it. Even if you made a mistake or it looks like this just could not be. This doesn't make any sense. There's a scripture that says all things work together for your good. Amen. So even if it looks like th- this doesn't make sense, there's no way I had causes on my, on, my, on my own self, whatever the case may be. You best believe God going to take that pain and you going to add p- purpose on top of that pain. He's going to add purpose to it. And you're going to find yourself somewhere ministering out of your pain to somebody. So it's in the push, in the pull and the press. And for me, the Lord told me that there was a shifting going on as I was going through this particular time of transition. So once again, it's in the push, the pull, and the press. I have two key scriptures. The first one is St. John chapter five, verse one through nine. And then I have Philippians chapter three, verses 12 through 14. However, if you go to Saint, if you go to Saint John and you start at chapter five, at verse one, it will say sometime later, and if you have another version, it will say something kind of similar, but it's letting you know that it it's picking up from the last chapter and the last verse. So I just want to move back a little bit and just tell you what was going on, even though most of you know. During this time, Jesus had had just came into his ministry. He had selected his first disciples. And not long after that, he had performed his very first miracle, which was turning the water to wine at the wedding celebration that he had attended. Jesus began teaching his word in the temple. And on this one particular occasion that stood out to me was when Jesus had made a whip out of cords and he had drove all the folks out of the temple because he said that they was making his father's house into a marketplace. They was up in the house, in the temple, in the sanctuary, selling stuff, exchanging money, and Jesus got indignant. So he went (laughs) and made a whip out of cords and ran them out of the house. So now Jesus is beginning to get on the nerves of the Pharisees. He's beginning to get on their nerves because he's running them out, he's messing with their money, and all of a sudden he's working miracles. They heard about the water turning to wine. Who's, what, what's this? You know, something new is on the scene. Now, not long after that, this, the, the disciples, they find Jesus talking to a, a Samaria woman. And at this time, that was a no-no. Jews wasn't supposed to talk to Samaritans, let alone a woman. So here we go. Now, the disciples are looking at Jesus kind of funny. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And before chapter 5 starts, we find his second miracle that Jesus performs. And that's healing, the healing of the royal official's son who was close to death. That was Jesus' second miracle. And then here we find ourselves here in chapter 5. And if you stand, we're going to read the scripture starting at verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lay. The blind the blind, he lame, paralyzed, excuse me, the blind and the lame, the paralyzed. Verse 5, one who was there had been invalid, or your, your Bible may say had an infirmity, for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Once again, it may say, do you want to be made whole? Sir, the impotent or the invalid man replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is steered. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. You may have your seat. Many of us has heard about this particular scripture and this particular waters and how it was supposed to be at different seasons, the water would be steered. God bless you. (laughs) I'm excited to see her. She was in my spirit today. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Um, Thank you, Jesus. Different time of seasons, there was supposed to be, that healing would take place in that water, all right? And you know, just like here at, at church sometimes, we hear pastors say that sometimes in certain seasons, healing, miracles start taking place on the altar, right? And so here we find that people would go to this particular waters to be healed. And here we have this man who, after 38 years, He didn't even get into the the water. He didn't even make his way into when he saw the water being steered up and know that the healing virtue was there. He didn't even have an opportunity to get there. He was there. Now, can you imagine getting right to the point of something that you really desire and seeing it and can only stand there and look at it? And this went on for 38 years for this man. Now, the amazing thing is that when Jesus came up to him, he just says, pick up your mat. Pick it up. Pick it up and walk. Now, if, 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 if he was, you know, impotent or invalid, I can imagine he must have been laying on, on the mat or something, but he says, pick it up. So now, how is it that when Jesus said, do you want to get well or do you want to be made whole, he's able now to get up, up off of it and pick it up, the thing that was holding him down, he's able now to pick it up and walk with it. After 38 years, how, how is that possible? Doesn't make too much sense, does it? But this is what happened. Faith. The only way you can push, pull, or press is to have some faith. And somehow I believe that when Jesus spoke to him, because we can get in a situation, and I'm away from my nose, but I'm just going to, you'll see me looking back and forth. We can get in a situation. This man had came to a standstill in his life. We can get in a situation where we just give up. We give up hope. We give up on certain things, situations, and well, it ain't going to get no better. Well, it's just going to be what it is, and we just live with it. So maybe we just live with somebody's attitude, them treating us a certain way. Maybe we just accepted that I'm only going to make a certain amount of money at my job. No need of me I, I, I deserve more, even though you do. We, we get stuck. But somehow, I believe if, if Jesus speaks to you, or the Holy Spirit speaks to you, or He sends someone to speak to you, that your faith ought to get sparked. And if your faith gets sparked, however, then you are all of a sudden inside of you, you're sparked and you're able to push, you're able to pull on something. You're able to press now against something and say, hold up, wait a minute. I can pick this thing up. I can push through this thing. I can press past this. I can have something different. But you have to have faith in order for that to happen. And the Bible says all you need is, I remember when I was little, we used to sing a song, F-A-I-T-H. All I need is a little bit of faith. Faith, faith, faith. I don't know if anybody else know that song, but we used to sing that song when I was little. And I still find myself singing it sometimes. So and it's, it's amazing how you can be scared to death of something. And I'm a witness of many things. And God would say one little word. And as scared as you are and telling fear to get behind me, scared as you are, because you can hear your, you feel your own heart. And God sees that you're scared too. But you muster up a little bit of faith. And then God takes that little bit of faith and he runs with it. Next thing you know, you're pushing your way. You have a whole other mindset because of that faith. This, now imagine what a whole lot of faith would do. He takes a little bit of faith and it causes the man after 38 years to stand up and walk. God is awesome. So he picked up his mat and he, and he walked. And the interesting thing about this that I don't have on my notes is that when you continue reading on um, past that verse 9, the Pharisees begin to try to interrupt this miracle that was taking place. They said, uh, excuse me, sir. Now this man, no doubt they saw him 38 years, lying down flat, crippled, whatever it was, couldn't move, had no faith, all jacked up. Here he is now, somebody, because they was wondering, well, who, who did this to you? Well, Jesus came along and healed him, They said, "Uh, excuse me, sir, he walking up right, carrying his mat, happy, no doubt, screaming, howling, shouting, jumping. I would have been running, flipping, whatever. Here they come. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. It's the Sabbath. You're not supposed to be uh, working. You're not supposed to be healed on this day. Uh, Who did this? Uh, Excuse me, would you like me to go lay back down, be crippled up for another 38 years? Would you please explain to me? And it's the same way today in the church. God, I hate when you do this to me. It's not on my notes. People want to come to the altar. They might not be wearing what you think they should wear. They might not be acting the way that you think you should be acting. And here we go. Excuse me. I tap her on the shoulder. She can't go to the altar looking like that. Tap her on the shoulder. You can't go to the altar. On her way to the miracle, God is saying, come, come, baby, come, come. Here you come. Excuse me. Excuse me. You can't do that here. You got to go sit down. You can't come to the altar like that. On her way to receive a miracle. I heard a young man was giving his testimony on Sunday on BET. I can't think of his name right now. Last name I think is Jennings or something. He said he wanted to take his kids to church. (laughs) he started trying to find Jesus, right? So (laughs) he went through a series of churches. He went in a church, had a hat on his head. He was tapped on the shoulder. He was told to take your hat off, right? And we know this happens in church. We really know. We know this. But he really didn't know. Honestly, he didn't know. He has kids with him. He just wanted to be a minister to. There ought to be a, just a little bit of room for folks that just don't know. Let them hear the word. You know, make, make a little bit of room for ignorance. Make a little bit of room for a different. See, because everybody's not coming the way we come. And if that's the only way you can come to Jesus with a hat and some jeans, baby, come on. Sometimes we have to make some exceptions. Amen? He left. Matter of fact, they said, if you don't take off the hat, we're going to put you out. They put him out the church with his kids. Who knows what God was going to do for him that day and his kids? So glad that blood is not on my hands. I was trying to go back to my notes. Thank you, Jesus. But Jesus told the man. To pick up your mat and walk. And it's amazing how sometimes, and these are the times that you got to learn how to push all the more. When people try to stop you, when the enemy try to stop you and start whispering in your ear and tell you don't take all that. You don't need to keep going to the altar. You don't need to keep dancing like that. You don't need to keep worshiping him. You don't need to keep giving your tithe and your offering and you, you, your, your income being cut. What are you doing? You got to push past all those voices. You got to push past the enemy. You got to push past even people that's up in your ear. See, because you have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with God. And sometimes you just have to say, excuse me, hold that thought while I go to Jesus. Excuse me, hold that thought for a minute. I will get back to you when I'm in that place to get with you. But right now, I'm not there. See, what you're saying about to rip my spirit. So excuse me for a minute while I continue on walking in the way that I was trying to walk. You might have to do that sometime. Pick up your mat and walk. You might have to push past family members. You might have to press past family members, you may have to pull against some stuff that you really don't want to press again. You might want to get comfortable and say, it's okay. They can act like that. It's all right. They can treat me like that. It doesn't matter. But there comes a time where God is saying, no, yes, it does matter. mm I came to give you peace. I came to give you life and more abundantly. So you can't settle for everything. So when it looks like it's impossible, you're going to have to pull in your faith that you might be able to push past some stuff, pull through some stuff, and press through. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, But I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. And all that mess and all that stuff you're walking through. And all that stuff that's coming against you, you still got to find strength and faith in God to push, to recognize the goal, to recognize the end, to recognize what Jesus or what God has for you, where he wants to take you. All you might see, and I'm ready for my bag, um, brother, deacon, all you might see is all that stuff, all that weight, everything that's on top of you or around you, that's all you might see. That's all you might see is all that stuff, all this stuff that's been falling on top of me, all of this stuff that's been piling up day by day, different storm, different attack, different trial. Trust me, seven months the Lord allowed me to walk through something. I just came out of it. But you know what? You can't stand there and just be comfortable with all this stuff. You can't just say, it's okay. It's all right. Doesn't matter. Tears flowing down my face. I see it, but I can't get comfortable say, so, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel the pain. Because some of this stuff he allowed us to walk through today feel like you dying. If truth be told, if anybody going somewhere in God and recognize, it wasn't no small stuff I was having to walk through. Couldn't call on mommy, couldn't call on daddy, couldn't call on no sister or brother. But thank God I had a few prayer warriors. So the enemy wasn't able to pull me under. I might couldn't stop crying for a minute. But everything up uh, inside me kept saying, I know God going to bring me through. I know he hasn't left me. I know he hasn't forsaken me crying and all. It's going to be all right. I don't understand it, but it's going to be all right. It's, it's going to be all right. It's, it's going to be okay. I know God didn't slay me. I know he's not going to leave me. I know he's not going to forsake me. And I will go to school on Saturday. It's funny how I had to start school in the middle of going through. Seminary school in the middle of going through. I would get in my car in the road to go to school. Tears are flowing down my face because everything I just went through the whole week. Seemed like my only piece was in the car going to seminary school. And <laughs> that's bad. We only find it's in seminary school. Oh God, I thank you. I would get in the car and I would hear the Lord say, it's in the push. And I didn't understand at first. and I would, Dear. I would get back in the car next Saturday. He said, it's in the push. I would start crying. Next week, it's in the push. All my every week more and more was happening and I kept saying well I couldn't say anything I was so I this at this point in time I could not find words to even express to God because the stuff was just too much for me it was coming too fast and it hurt too much then one Saturday I said God why you keep saying this to me I said now you done said this at least three times and he said because the day's gonna come when you come out of this He said, you're going to carry this word wherever you go. You're going to tell my people that even though the weight of the world is on top of them, that they got to push, that it's in the push, that your deliverance is in the push. You got to get so strong. You got to find your faith. One day you got to say, okay, God, I hear you saying, I can't sit here. I hear you saying I got to come out of this pain. I got to come out of this hurt even though it's still falling on top of me. Just enough strength just to push a little bit. Push some of it off, off top of me. Just a little bit so I can get just a little bit strength so I can get some words out of my mouth and begin to pray and call on the name of Jesus. Because at first it was just the tears flowing and the prayer was out of my heart. And then I could just push some of it away and words of worship will come. I got some strength from pushing, from pushing. Then I'm like, God, it ain't going nowhere. He said, a little bit harder. Now I'm beginning to pull it. I'm not going to stay. All this pain has got to go. I'm dealing with it, God, but it's not going to kill me. I'm dealing with it, but you going to bring me out of this. I can't get through it. I can pull I I might not have that much strength, God, but I can pull as much as I can. I got enough strength now that I can start praising you around my house. And once I start praising you, I can have a little more strength, God. But the weight is still on top of me. I can feel I still don't have the breakthrough to praise you freely because the pain is so deep, God. Okay, you done pushed a little bit. You done pulled a little bit. Now, why don't you press? So I got to get up against this stuff. I see it, and I'm speaking to it. And now with all my might, with everything in me, I command you. I command you. Offer me the effects of it. Get off of me. In the name of Jesus, I have to push. I have to pull, and I have to press. I have to do it to get through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That was supposed to be a wagon. I saw in the spirit a wagon and stuff piled on top of a wagon. And the person wasn't able to get here with my wagon. So that's my wagon. But it's your deliverance, your healing. Because you're going to have to go through some stuff that God ain't going to stop. I kept saying, God, how come you won't stop this pain? How come every week you're allowing something else to happen to me? Do you hear me crying out to you? Do you hear me praying? What have I done? What did I did not did I not do? Would you just speak to me? No, he just kept letting the stuff come like Job. Kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. All I could do was just walk through it. Slow down a little bit. Walk through it. Stop, because it hurts so much. Get a little breath. I will call his name. Get some strength to push. Call his name a little bit more. Get some strength to press. Get some more strength from that. A little more strength to press, to push, pull and press. And then one last thing he showed me, but I need a person, someone, to help me. to a big man, but that's okay, come on. <laughs> that's a perfect example. God said, to the person, there are times when you just in all honesty, you just don't have what it takes, like that man 38 years. <laughs> this is it. This is it. I you, you might get in that place. And like God, Jesus came and spoke to him. You're the person, you're stuck. You honestly don't have no strength to go on. What you mean push, pull, and press? But God said if you have faith, and if your heart is right and you call out to him, you might can't push. But he said, he'll push you. And when he pushes you, you get faith. And after a while, you push yourself. And he said, he'll pull you. He said, after the while, you get some faith. Because he pulled you. I said, come on. And then you're still there. He says, okay. You still ain't got enough strength. Come on, buddy. I'm pressing you. Now you press. You press yourself. You press your way. You push. You pull, you press, you push, you pull, you press. Whatever you go through, you push, you pull, you press, you push. If you don't have the strength, stay in your heart, God, I trust you. God, I believe you, and he will come, and he will push you. He will pull you, and he will press you through it. Come on now. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. And then he said, he said in the gospel, ah, I've already prayed for you that your faith will not fail. So if you can just hold on to your faith, and if it does fail, you can talk, learn how to talk to yourself. Remember what he already did. Remember what he did for somebody else that was miraculous. He can do it for you. He has no respect or person. And if you can put that in your mind, all of a sudden, some level of faith ought to spark up in you that if you cannot even talk and tears is flowing down your eyes, God will hear the silent prayer. My Bible says he hears the words before you even form them out of your mouth. He hears you in your heart saying, God, help me, God, I believe you, God, if you just help me just a little bit and the tug will come. Help me, God, I can't do it and the pull will come. Help me God, I can't do it. The press will come. All of a sudden, you're pushing on your own. You're pressing on your own. You're pulling on your own with Him by your side. Thank you, Jesus. It's in the push, it's in the pull, and it's in the press. Don't give up. Don't get weary. Don't get tired. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep pulling. You have to keep pressing. Don't get weary. 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 I'm saying this because I know what it's like to get weary. Don't get weary. He has not forgot you. He has not forsaken you. He has not forgot. He's going to come through. may not come through when you want him, because God knows he didn't come when I thought he should have came. But he's always right on time. He's always right on time. And when he come, he's going to miraculously bless you. He's going to miraculously move, blow your, blow your mind. And then you go, Jesus, I had the nerve to say, oh, God, you didn't leave me. Oh, oh, God, you was there all the time. Oh, Oh, forgive me. I'm sorry for acting like I didn't know. It felt like you was gone. Felt like you didn't care. Felt like you deserted me, God. Oh, oh but, but you was there. Evidence. You, you really do love me. Oh, you just allowed me to go that, to go through that. I had to walk through that. For whatever the reason. You can't be mad with your parent. When they just allow you to go through something, they don't rescue you. It's time for you to go through. And when you had to have a test in school, you can't get mad with the teacher and say, I don't want the test. And then halfway in the middle of the test, start bawling and want to fight the teacher. She going to throw you out to school. Jesus, Lord, I thank you. Let's just stand. I'm bringing bring this to a close. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to close with this. There's plenty of examples in the Bible where people had to push. They had to push their way. In Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, that's amazing because this man had people helping him. It's the paralytic on the roof. His friends went on top of the roof. And dug a hole to get him before Jesus. Now, that's some real pushing. And that's some real friends. But well, most of us will have friends like that. But, but you can say, Jesus, send help and send help now. Who Jesus. In Matthew 9, 27 through 29, there was two blind men. And they continued to follow and call after him. Like I said, God might not answer the first time I went through for seven months straight, nonstop. For a little while, I felt sorry for myself. Couldn't get angry with God because He's God. <laughs> Jesus. But they followed after. They called. What you gonna do? What are you going through? You gonna stop following after God? You gonna stop calling on Him? He's the only one that can change anything if it's to be changed. So otherwise he begin to think well this is the way it's supposed to be because guess what he's God he's God almighty he's the one that can move the mountain he's the one that can and if he don't do it so I gotta push past any anger any attitude because what I'm going through okay God here's another day there's another obstacle there's another star. tears flow thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Lord after a while, your tears going to dry up. And he began to tell me that your tears, mm, God, I thank you, cry so much. <laughs> Woo, Jesus, I can laugh now. But he began to say, your tears are stirring up strength. He said, your tears is what's going to birth your strength. Don't get upset with your tears, he said. Because when it's done, there's going to be a strength that was birthed out of your tears. Hallelujah. Don't despise your going through because when you come out of it, Jesus, there is a strength that you didn't have before. Hallelujah. And there all of a sudden is purpose with your pain and you find yourself ministering to somebody else. That same pain that you just endured. But they might not be strong as you are. Couldn't go through it. Gave up on God. Wanted to give up on God and walk out. But because you went through it. It's amazing how so many times God used to say to me, you're going through it for somebody else. And I was like, why well, I got to always go through for somebody else? Can somebody go through for me? But I learned that doesn't make sense in asking God, why? And then I learned to say, thank you, because you trust me to go through. You believe that I'm not going to throw in the towel on you, even though hell has bombarded me. You trust me. So I had to say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And there was one more. That's the Canaanite woman who had the demon-possessed daughter. She kept following Jesus and his disciples. And she cried, the Bible says, after Jesus. And his disciples would say, Jesus, send her away. So you may have to follow Jesus when you don't feel like it. A little bit harder. Get in your word more. Pray more. Cry out to him. Tell you right now, if, if, if the elder or the minister say, Stop calling me. Stop asking me to pray for you. Go find another minister. Go find another elder. Pick up the telephone, the prayer line. People always on that 24-7 to pray for you. Don't stop crying after Jesus. He's the only way it's going to bring you through. Don't let nobody make you feel bad because you have to keep coming to the altar. You have to keep calling them to pray for you because just last night I felt like I was going to die. I didn't know today I I did die and then God had to resuscitate me and then on tomorrow it might be just that type of storm. God knows I had to call Elder Whippy a few times. She Just just pray for me. I don't understand. Just pray because I feel like I'm dying. I don't understand I can't take it. Just pray for me. If she had said, don't call me. Jesus, she crying after you. She keep calling me. Stop calling me, Elder Val. Quit crying after Jesus like that. Jesus, that would have been more on top of what I was already dealing with. But thank God. Thank God true women and men of God that will stand in proxy for you when God steps back when he steps back and say did you test my servant she's about to go to another level she's about to go to another rim did you try her in this area did you try her in that area because I'm about to get ready send her to folks to preach that's dealing with that stuff. So it don't matter if you trust her in that area because I'm about to send her to them. Let's, let's see what she's going to do. Did you try her? He sits back. But he's, I already prayed for you. I prayed for you. You pull on your faith, you call on his name, speak over yourself. Felt like the loneliest time in my life. Like I said, there was no one to call or turn to. Had the stuff, there was no need trying to tell them because they wouldn't understand it because you can't even understand it. You just got to walk through it. And you feel like you're so alone when you're going through it. But Jesus said, I will not leave you. He's always there. He's always there. He was always there with Joel. He was there. He was there, and then he restored him at the right time. Eight months, eight months, number eight, I came out of it. In the eighth month, number eight means new beginnings. I thank you, God, for the new beginnings. And you better go through and thank God for the new beginnings that he has for you. When you see the obstacle, you just say, thank you, Lord, because my new beginning is coming. I can take it because you got something else for me. I can take it because there's somewhere you're taking me. I can take it, God. And you just push, press, and pull your way through, and you will be okay. Put your hands together for the Lord.